Thanks for listening to another episode of Two Drink Cinema. If you'd like to support us further and access some exclusive content, head over to buymeacoffee.com slash twodrinkcinema. As a member, you can gain access to exclusive bonus episodes, access episodes early, buy merch, and contribute to the making of the podcast. The support of our listeners can help us go from a D-grade flop to a box office blockbuster. Buymeacoffee.com forward slash twodrinkcinema. Cheers. Cinema! Cheese. Should have the bat on. <laughs> A trumpet plays off stage. And an bitter conductor wrestles a shit conductor to the ground. Hilarious. Welcome to another episode of Two Drink Cinema. We are two brothers reviewing movies, two drinks at a time. Hello, Brett. Guten Abend. Oh, guten Abend. Is that what? It's the afternoon. Oh, it's three. It's almost four o'clock. So you'd probably say guten, guten tag. tag. Guten Tag. Guten Tag. Wo bist du? Is that what are Good you doing? Guten Tag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wrong German lesbian. Wrong German. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we are reviewing Tar, in yes. case you didn't get that by our German references and the fact that the episode is titled Tar Review. Tar, tar. Excitement, though. This is our 100th movie <gasps> oh. we have watched together. It is not our 100th episode because we've done we had a few different things. We've done previews, we've done trivias, we've done others. Yep. But it is the 100th movie that you and I have both watched for... Two Drink Cinema, oh. including all of our Patreon and Buy Me A Coffee bonuses. What a ride. What a ride. We've done everything. We've done some shit movies as well as good ones. Well, we've done, and I think our first and this movie kind of sum up almost the breadth of genre. We've done, we started with Return to Oz. Yes. And now we're doing Tar. Tar. Very different. Along the way, we've gone all the way back to Nosferatu. We've gone and everything in between, including Speed 2 for some in reason. In between Speed 2, Plan 9 from Outer Space, which is terrible but in a good way. Speed 2 is not terrible in a good way. Um, animated. We've done all our favourites. We've done all our top five each. We've done Con Air, which is definitely not one of our yeah, favourites. Yeah, not one of our favourites. Flubber. Uh, we've well, done the whole breadth of Robin Williams' career in the, in the first 100 movies as well. Yeah, the highs and the lows from Flubber. Well, we didn't do Dead Poet Society, but yeah. we've done uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, which yeah. is definitely the high. Well, um, happy centenary. Anyway, so cheers. Centenary? Can we do an actual century. cheers? Clink. Cheers. Clink. That was a dull clink to anyone listening. Um, so we're celebrating by watching a new film with... A number of Oscar nominations. A number. How, what number? Five? Six. Six. Actress, picture, director, screenplay, editing, cinematography. The editing is good. Cinematography is good. It does so look good. So pretty much like the, all the major ones. The big ones, except male actors. Because there ain't none. Yeah. It's Mark Strong, and he wasn't that good. Mm, no. Um, and that guy, Sebastian. He was terrible. 
Anyway, mm. no wonder he got fired. And an actor. Uh, so, also because this is our 100th movie, we're choosing this point to change up a little bit how we're going to talk about the movies. So, we're just going to ramble our way through the movie yep. in a little kind of recap. And then we'll do the Google reviews and then we'll give our scores to finalise it. Yeah. We're keeping the Archie Q. De Niro scale yep. because we want to keep Archie Q. De Niro. Consistency. Uh, yeah. And we want to keep him happy. Yeah. Because he gives us little money. But the first score we're going to do is for the cocktail. cocktail. So we've made a cocktail for the... Well, Brett's made a cocktail for this I made movie. a cocktail. This is called a German martini. Ein cocktail. Was ist in das cocktail? <laughs> I, wrote the, I wrote the ingredients in the notes in German because I found it on a German website. Yeah, and I was going to the bottle shop and I messaged you and I said, I feel like we have... Apfel schnapps, grenadine syrup, and apfel saft. So it has vodka, yes, which I think is which is, is not, still the same. not German. Apfel schnapps, yep. apple schnapps, grenadine syrup, grenadine, grenadine syrup, yep. and apfel saft, apple juice. If you are watching on the YouTube, you could probably guess that it <laughs> has, uh, grenadine in has grenadine in it. I will say this is not. Um, what I imagined it would look like. But as we know, grenadine is an overpowering colour. Colour. And it can be an overpowering flavour too. But let's give it a crack. But there's also an apple on the rim. Yeah, so we eat fruit, mum. Happy? Yeah. Evidence. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, yeah, there's definitely grenadine in there. Oh, oh, that's all yum. I like that. It's apple raspberry. It's called it. A- oh shit! It's all on leave shorts now. <laughs> all right, all right. So I spilled. I haven't spilled a cocktail in one hundred movies, and I spill the one that's bright <laughs> red. Bright red. So I just uh, took a little bit of break to clean that up, but I am. Um, that's good. It's on my shorts. I didn't get any on the floor. That's good. But yeah, anyway, back to the cocktail. Or any of the equipment. Um, it's good. It is good because the grenadine does cut through the bitterness of the alcohol. I think there could be a little less grenadine. Yeah, I feel like it needs more apple flavour. I'm going to put my apple in the drink. Okay, I already ate my apple. So that over the course of the episode, it soaks up some alcohol. Maybe I should have done the juice of an apple and not apple apple juice. juice. I don't want to juice an apple though. No, but apple juice is sweeter. Yeah, maybe that's why. Although the the brand we had had no added sugar. Well, and this definitely has alcohol in it. You can definitely taste the alcohol. Mm. I'm giving it, I want to give it a 3.5. Same. Okay, done. That's a W.5. <laughs> All right. This, for our 100th movie, this could be awful. I've spilled a drink. I knocked spilled a light a over on the way out. It's great. Anyway, we're on the movie. You know what wasn't awful? Tar. The actual movie. <laughs> um, I was very looking forward to seeing it because people have said Kate Blanchett's best yes. performance. And considering yep. how awarded she already is. Yeah. That's a big saying something. But then the trailer was different, very different to a review that I heard. Oh, okay. 
So the trailer looks like thrillerish. Yeah, not tra- Michael Jackson's thriller. No, the trailer was giving me um, Black Swan vibes. Yeah, yeah, Black Swan, but lesbian conductor instead of lesbian yeah, ballerina. Of a, well, she's not a lesbian. Well, well she's what? Okay, she'd turn for she's the Mila married Kunis. to the dance. But and if you were did her in. questioning it, you'd turn for Mila Kunis. Oh yeah. Or if you so were questioning it, you'd turn for Natalie Portman. Mm, not so much. Not with the shaved head of V for Vendetta. No. No. Oh, shit. Oh, he nearly knocked it over again. Oh, God. I'm just going to leave my hand here in a safe yeah, spot. Yeah, but don't move. Okay. Um, but overall, yeah, it wasn't quite what I was expecting based on the opinion of what I got from the trailer. trailer. Yeah, so I heard a review of it on another podcast um, on the Total Reboot podcast, and it talked a bit about they talked a bit about the Me Too aspect mm-hmm. of the film, yeah, um, and that kind of commentary and the that it was a real individual story of this character, yeah. But then, I, and then I saw the trailer, which was very thriller, yeah. And I was like, that. I said to Shane, that's not what I heard in this review. Mm, okay. It's not a thriller. It's, it, uh, overall, it's suspenseful, but I wouldn't call it a thriller. The whole suspense of like, who's this crystal chick and that building up and kind of the suspense of it building to the actual performance of the thing. Yeah. And there's a lot of mystery well, there are elements of things that are mystery thriller. Yeah. Because in the start, in that New Yorker interview, he says no one has performed Marla's or all of Marla's symphonies at one orchestra and you're about to do it. Yeah. So that's kind of that thriller mystery thing of like you drop in, you know, yeah. it might not happen. Yes. So there's that. But then there's the mystery of who the Krista is, and then you start to think and they drop in little bits of conversation about Me Too, like when she's talking to the old conductor. There's a yeah. little bit of subtle Me Too conversation. Yeah. There's that conversation where she's having a go at that woke Juilliard student. Woke oh, Juilliard student. So there's a lot of... That ticks a lot of mystery thriller boxes. Yeah. But I don't think the suspense is as strong... And her losing it is as strong as the trailer was hinting at. No. I don't think she lost it. Oh, she did. You know, but not as full, full crazy. Yeah. It was more brought on by various accusations. Which we don't know were true or not still. Yeah. You assume, based on little bits that it showed of her interactions with the new cellist that they could be true that yeah and the reactions of the wife yeah oh here we go again yes that it could be true yeah but also but then they drop kind of a kind of obvious one when she says oh remember that time that it was you me and her in wherever they were berlin no krista her assistant and Lydia, yeah. Tar, or the three of them had a dirty weekend. 
Oh, right. That was dropped in there. I can't remember where they, where they said. No. But yes. But that was in there. Um, so, we'll go through the movie. Sure. That's our new kind of format. Yep. So, yeah, the, the trailer and the movie didn't fully match up. We're both in agreement no, on that. Not saying that it made it a, be- a worse film, but it's just like not what I was expecting. Yes. So that does kind of make me question the trailer, not the movie. Well, and I think that's about, that's a that adds marketing of his, fail. As well. Yeah. And I think when we get to our Google reviews, just in the couple that I've read, I think a few people fell for that marketing fail. So it starts with the big New Yorker interview, which I thought was very good. Yes. It was very much showing how much of like in itself, in obsessed of itself, and it's got the the classical music world has its its own language and loves talking about itself and loves being, you know, this kind of highbrow. Yeah. We're going to talk about how lovely music is my friend Lenny. Yeah, and it's like the whole, up. it's up itself. Yes. Which a lot of people who are in classical music like to talk that way. Yeah. But I think part of that was, one, I think, woe start to finish, it was a good starting point of being like, oh, wow, she's really good at her job. She knows yeah. what she's talking and about. And she's, she's at amazing. the level of being an on-stage interview for The New Yorker. Yeah. Um, and then it's like, also does make her seem very, pretty arrogant. Yes. And, um, well, I guess elite, elitist. Elitist. It is a very elitist world. Yeah. And I've, I've seen that. So we have classical music training. Uh, yeah. And we have played major works in orchestras. Correct. So, but we're not up ourselves. Not anymore. And we're not elitist. No. I find it really interesting. So I've been to see the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra a lot. And I've been then as well to see the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra play movie soundtracks. Yeah. So I found that last scene quite funny. I haven't been to where I haven't been to a movie soundtrack where everybody is dressed up. Yeah. Even though I've seen two Lord of the Rings and two Star Wars, which are the <laughs> ones that people are going to dress up for. Yeah. Although at the Harry Potters, a lot of people wearing house robes. I was going to say, people come up as a fucking like, Hermione. You're not a Hufflepuff. You're 35 years old and you're at the plenary at Melbourne Exhibition Centre. I'm not a Hufflepuff. <laughs> what are you talking about? No. I'm no, a Hufflepuff. You're, you're a Hufflepuff. In the other sense of the word. I'm a Gryffindor. No, you're a Hufflepuff, Lee. All gays are Hufflepuffs. Um, <laughs> I'm, not, anyway. I'm definitely not smart enough to be a Ravenclaw. No. Nah. So I I can I can see it's interesting that I think the crowd generally is more elitist than the orchestra. Yeah, because it, it, and during the interview as well in the movie, yeah. where she says this this you know in in joke about classical humor. Yeah, and then the, the crowd goes, like, oh, and it's, and it's oh, that kind of up yourself chortle. laugh, a chortle. I'm but gonna call it. I've. When they just started doing more and more music for movies, a lot of people were like, oh, this is stupid for the orchestra to do this. This is not what our peak orchestra in Australia should be doing, da 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 But then at one of them, Shane chatted to one of the 
cellists. Yeah. So it was one of the Star Wars, and Shane dressed up as a stormtrooper, and he was standing there. And while he was doing that, he chatted to one of the cellists. Was she and Russian? No. Oh, she kept on time. She didn't play the Elgar concerto. Mm. Um, she was saying that they all love playing it. Yeah. John Williams. Why would you not love playing fucking John Williams? And this, one of my arguments, and a lot of people who are in favour of orchestras playing movie stuff, is if John Williams was born 300 years ago, he wouldn't be writing for movies. Like, well, no. Star Wars is a symphony. That's what I was thinking during the movie. I was thinking that nowadays, classical music, like how as it was, you know, bloody Beethoven writes something and then performs it for the yep. whoever. The king in or some whoever his patron is. Yeah. That is now people write music for movies. Yeah, Steven Spielberg... Is the patron of John yeah. Williams. Yeah. If you took all, you could take all of the music of the first three Star Wars films, and if you rearrange that well enough, you make a three movement symphony well, yeah, out of it. Because he stole some of it from actual symphonies. So it's half written for him. Yeah. He just ripped bits out of Holst. Yeah. But then, as the old guy says, um, Beethoven just ripped bits off Mozart. Mozart. Yeah. So there's no such thing as an original idea. He um that was the first time somebody actually sampled something. Yeah, Beethoven sampled Mozart, but Mozart was already permission and maybe dead, was dead, so couldn't sue yeah. him like the Girl Scouts sued men at work. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> Complete opposite end of the spectrum, but yes. Hey, um, men at work is peak Australian composition. Yep. Um, so that interview does really set up her character as very arrogant. Um, and then we go on. And then it's all setting up how she is like, it does well to set up her character and that she is at the peak or like the pinnacle of classical music. Yes. And at the peak of her career. Yeah. It does interesting in the, it kind of drops a lot of things into that interview because it drops in the women thing. It drops in the scholarship for women. Yep. Are women treated as well as men, as equally as men in the thing? Which I think kind of relates to the Me Too that comes later. Yeah. And I find it interesting that there hasn't been a lot of movies made about a man's career being ruined by Me Too. Well... Like, we haven't had movies about it. We've had movies that have not been made. Yeah. Oh, that's... Yeah. That's kind of from the woman's point of view. Oh, you're saying it's not like the... the We haven't had a... person the accusations are against is not the central character of the film. So we're not seeing it from their perspective. Let's see how this Me Too has ruined a man's career. We're seeing... This is kind of the first one where we're seeing... Uh, take place and I think it's interesting that it's a woman first yeah it's an interesting thing to obviously point out that it can be women in power as well yep um it is seemingly overwhelmingly that it's males perpetrating it but that's we're not going to do a me too episode touch on that um I found it really interesting though that 
she she seems quite manipulative from the start. I feel like the early things in the movie, the interview, and then her manipulating Sebastian, you know, and saying, oh, what are you saying? I'm here to, I'm promoting this woman because she's just a woman and not you because you're a man. That's a manipulative thing. Yeah. I, I found myself wondering, would we be reading it or seeing it or was, would it be portrayed as manipulative if it was a man? Yes. Why? Well, I, I, I don't think a man conductor would have seemed as blatantly arrogant in that New York interview as Lydia Tarr did. Really? Yeah. I think the bar for arrogance for men is higher oh, okay. than women. Yeah. Like a woman, a woman just needs to say, I'm a good conductor. People are like, she's arrogant. Mm. Whereas a man needs to say a lot more for them to be arrogante. Arrogante. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I I think it's still, if it was a man, it would still be seen as arrogant. Yeah. And I think the point of the character is that it's set up as I'm arrogant just, and manipulative. Yeah. I just actually didn't know there were so many lesbians in classical music. Well, three. Four. The cellist's not a lesbian. That's true. Well, actually, I'm assuming she's not a lesbian because she turned down Lydia Tarr. And she was flirting with that guy when they went overseas. That's true. She could be bi and not into sleeping with her boss. That's another option. Yeah, she could just not care. That's live, true. Live in some sort of... Hovel? Ho- like abandoned... Is she homeless? Yard? I don't know. I didn't... Know the point of that? There scene. were a lot of questions. Yeah, she's running through the woods and somebody screams. Didn't quite get that. Yeah, I feel like that's one thing I, I think could have gone. They could have gone a little bit more deeply into. Yeah, is pointing out the stress of her position, and that's making her hear things in the night. That's making her. Worry about screams in the yeah. park. Yeah. It's making her scared of a... Although, if I was underground and a dog came up behind me growling, I'd be scared and run away too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and although that, I would be scared if the metronome that was locked in a cupboard started suddenly going off. Yeah. Was it the daughter? No, I thought it was that Krista woman. Because there was some connection with this little, you know, artwork line thing. Liney drawing. They kept following her around. Or was it Mark Strong? Because I don't think it was Mark then Strong. she noticed that her performance score was missing. And Mark Strong ends up conducting the Marla Five. Oh, yeah, that's true. But Mark Strong was in New York. He was. Although it's pretty easy to fly back and forwards between Berlin and New York, according to this movie. Yeah, maybe, especially on a private jet. Maybe the wife. Fucked her over. Yeah, tough position for the wife. Yeah, because you can't divorce dynamic. her. You can't divorce her because she's your boss. You're the concert master of your orchestra. Yeah, and it's also like she, but she kept being the concert master after she got the sack. Yeah. So you know where her loyalty lies. But also, her loyalty the, lies with Marla. Loyalty lies with the music. Yeah. That was also after she sent her on her way to live in her apartment that she didn't abandon. She didn't. She never sold that first apartment. 
That's true. Hedging her bets. Because that's where she takes women to have her way with them. Yep. On a little camp bed set up next to the grand piano. Do you live here? One, speaking of grand piano, one issue I had in the Juilliard scene, which we'll talk about because that's... a couple of issues with that. Yeah. My issue is very superficial. Okay. On that stage is a baby grand. Yep. And an upright. Yep. Right? If you are a musician of Lydia Tarr's calibre and you are going to play Bach, why are you playing it on the upright? Go and play it on the grand piano. Yeah. Um, if was I, somebody already on the grand piano? Oh, she would have kicked, kicked him off, off, though. I can't even play the piano. No. But if I had a choice, I'm on the grand every time. Yeah. Now you can talk about the woke student. <laughs> um, I, my problem with that was the distraction of him jigging his leg the whole time. Them, maybe I'll say. Jigging their leg the whole well, time. Well, pangender. It was very distracting. Well, I think that's the point. Yes. Is that she is going mad. It's like sitting next to my husband. Um, it was just like she was going mad. And so the noise and the movement of this, is that that's the first indication that she's starting to lose it. And yes. that sensory overload is becoming a thing for her. Yeah, and I think that, that um, it was an interesting scene. That was yep. all one take. Which is very impressive. She's very good. She's bloody good. Um, and also he was very good. The, the acting generally of the whole cast yeah. was great. The weakest actor was the cellist. Yes, that's true. But she for, for her position, you had to cast Someone a who... young Russian cellist. Yeah. So your pool of actors that can also play the Elgar Cello Concerto and are Russian mm. is limited. I thought I actually... It was interesting at the start when it was like such and such, and then it was like, well, you were going to do it earlier, but then it got cancelled because of the pandemic. I'm like, oh, I feel it weird to be like, oh, fuck, now it's in movies. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, this shit's real. Well, that was Knives Out. Gla- yeah, glass onion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were all wearing masks and then to overcome that so they didn't have to wear masks for the whole thing, Edward Norton's character invented something that yeah. made them pre-vaccinated for COVID. So I, I just thought it was an interesting thing, but, but then, like, I think it's a good point that it's like, oh, it's this, this is modern day, current times. Yeah, but I feel like not many movies are going to put it in. No. Like, I feel like Glass Onion and that mention in Tar and the terrible Judd Apatow movie, The Bubble, that's been nominated for Razzies. Oh, okay. Um, Might be it. Oh. I don't need to see COVID in movies. It was traumatic. It will. It maybe in at some point in time, there'll somebody will make a movie about COVID about someone living through a pandemic, and they're like six months in, and they're all like, "Oh, I can't go back to that." You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It'll be like a one man movie. They live by themselves. They can't do oh, anything. Oh, like blah, Rear blah, Window blah. slash Woman in the Window. Yeah, I don't know. Sure. I think. We talked about we've talked about it before. I think one of the missed opportunities is the love story. The newly single people that just decided oh. to move into a flat together and then yeah. boom lockdown. Yeah. And Ashton Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon, actually they're coming up in a rom com soon. Yeah. According to uh 
BuzzFeed. I think they're here to save romantic comedy genre. Oh, because nobody's made a romantic comedy yeah. for years. Oh, do you know what do you know what um Seth Rogen said the other day? No Her. one's made a good high school movie since Superbad. Nobody's made a good high school movie since Superbad. Two thousand seven, Superbad. Sixteen years. Incorrect. Well I don't know any, I but don't it's know. incorrect. I'd be taking offence, High School Musical 3. Um, a High School Musical. No, High School Movie. <laughs> I suppose they don't really make... Easy A is better than Super Bad. Done. End of story. Is that Fuck post 2007? Over. Yeah. There's also that one... Just because nobody was a stoner in it, Seth, doesn't make it not a bad movie. There's also that... Easy A is very good. Maybe I'll watch that again. There's that one book smart. That yeah. I haven't watched, but apparently, apparently that's good. Yeah, apparently that's good. I haven't watched yeah. that either. Well, there you go, Seth. Anyway. Well, what about Dear Evan Hansen, the movie that was oh, apparently God. really bad? That was terrible. Anyway, moving on. That was one of the ones that I didn't get to talk about last year. Um, but our Razzie special is coming oh. up this year. Neither of us are going to get COVID. And, and we're going to talk about the Razzies. I feel that this week I watched the worst picture. No spoilers, but it took me two sessions to get through. I stopped halfway through uh, something where a very accomplished actor is nominated for Worst Actor. Okay. I agree with that nomination. Machine Gun Kelly. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And I've only watched half of the movie. Side note, The Good Morning, right, which is the Machine Gun Kelly one. Oh, okay. The audacity to try to charge me $7 oh, to rent it on Apple TV. No, thanks. I love the podcast, but I'm not spending $7 to watch a Worst Picture nominee. No, nah, that's all right. Yeah. We'll wait till it's on YouTube. Um, back to Juilliard. Juilliard. It was, a, yeah, it was a good scene. She's very good. Just in general, the movie. What did you think about the point she was making, though, to get a little about, bit political? Um, keeping your personal views separate of... Yeah. Um, I get, I understand where she's coming from in terms of you as a conductor having to like interpret it. So you're trying to interpret what Beethoven means. Yes, all when of he's that. writing it down. But what about in twenty twenty two we think, can't put twenty twenty two ideals onto sixteenth century composers. But I think as a conductor, you have every right to be like, no, nah, I'm not gonna do Beethoven. Yeah. But because like over that one Overdone. Like, I'm, I'm also, so sick of hearing Beethoven as much as I'm sick of hearing um, fucking Taylor Swift every time I turn on the radio. But also... I don't hear Beethoven on the radio. Her good point is, you can do that. Yeah. But a big five orchestra is not going to hire a conductor yeah. that's not going to do Mozart yeah. or Beethoven or Wagner. Yeah. You know, like, you're going to have to conduct them if, if you, you want to be a yeah. big philharmonic or symphonic orchestra conductor. Yes. Because otherwise, you're left with John Williams. Yeah. Which is also fine. But he's also white. Like, he's not hashtag me too. Bark would have been hashtag me too. He might. John Williams is 91. Bit scared. Um, yeah. And he's still Maybe I shouldn't music. wear this t shirt for him. Um, I d- but I guess I, think I understand r- the I th- point. And yeah. I think that the point of that scene is to show her opinion 
um, and her kind of... I think one of the points of the scene is for her to go, I am a lesbian. Yeah, that was one point. Yeah. If we, even though we worked it out. Well, she has a wife. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> she has a wife and she's getting her suits tailored. She's a lesbian. Yeah. Um, and she was flirting with a woman after the interview. Yeah. If she was, she's a lesbian. Like, we worked that out. You don't have to, I am a U-Haul lesbian. Okay, see, everybody, got it? See, that was, on. that was one interesting thing that I think um, Todd Field yep. did was that there was a lot of mystery, but then there was, I am a lesbian. And then there was, we had a dirty weekend, the three of us remember with Krista. Yeah. Like there were a couple of really obvious- Delete your emails. You, oh, now you, I am checking your laptop for the emails. You really need to know these points, but- Oh, Linda. Oh, my God, was Lydia. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it would have been better if we saw, but we saw Linda because at the end, then she's in her room. And it says and Linda course, Tar with a double R. Yeah. And of course, um, she played hockey because she's a lesbian. Yep. And then it had Linda Tar in there. Yeah. You know, so you didn't need to necessarily go into that. Because I did notice. initially thinking that that might have been her mum. I did notice the T-A-double-R on the trophies before I noticed the Linda. Oh, I noticed the Linda, not the T-A-double-R. Yeah. Was it spelt with a Y? No, it was just Linda. Oh, okay. My next door neighbour spelt with a Y. Linda. Okay, that's great. <laughs> um, Mark Strong's character. I didn't like him. I don't know if you meant to. I didn't like him in that role. Yeah, I just think of Mark Strong as the guy from Kingsman. I just think of him as the guy from Sherlock Holmes, randomly. Okay, yeah. I haven't seen that. Probably roughly the same character. Yeah, probably. Um, I I thought it was interesting that she is so close to someone that she is clearly, even though she won't say it, thinking is so beneath her. Yeah. But then there's the money side of things. Yeah. I think she thinks she's above everybody else that she associates with. Except the old guy. Except the old guy from Game of Thrones. Yes. Yeah. Which did took me it took me time to work out who he was because I'm like, he's in Game of Thrones. And then I worked out who his character was. And I'm like, ah, okay, we can move on. I can concentrate on what he's saying. Because <laughs> you did need to concentrate sometimes on what people were saying. Lots of words. Lots of words. Lots of words. Um, but all good words... Yeah. And all well-said words. And witty at times. I didn't think I would laugh as much as I did. We went to see it at the Sun Theatre, if you want to sponsor us, you can, in Yarraville. Yeah. And the woman in front of us in the chock top line had a laugh. A laugh and a half. She had. And... It was... (laughs) Or something like that. I did rather presumptuously think she was going to go and see Tar. Yes. Because of the For haircut. reasons. And I said to... I turned to you and I said, oh, I hope I hope Tar's not a comedy. And you said, no, it isn't. I was being facetious. I yeah, yeah, knew yeah. it wasn't. But we did laugh quite a few but times. But there was a few laughs. <laughs> At one point in the movie, I turned to you. I go, oh, maybe this is a comedy. Maybe it is a comedy. But Chortle, one of the little, little chuckles every now and then. Nothing truly laugh out loud hilarious. Although there was one scene that was really funny. The end when she's conducting the gaming orchestra. Yeah, but there was another one. Oh no, I'm thinking of another movie. Oh dear. 
Whoops. The funniest moment, though, was not in the movie for me. There were four ladies sitting to my left who were definitely not into the credits being at the start. I I heard one say to her friend, I don't care who plugged the lights in. (laughs) (laughs) I heard that as well. It was like, um, they all made the movie you're going to watch. Yeah. Like, shut up. If that person didn't plug the lights in, these scenes that are pretty dark, some of them, are even darker. Yeah. That person who combed Kate Blanchett's hair. Yeah. But also, uh, considering everything that Kate Blanchett does, piano coach, conducting coach, singing coach, shouldn't be way down five no. minutes after the no. movie's finished. It's like sometimes in the credits, depending on what the... Because there's a set, you know. Yeah. You do set this, order of this, this, And this. you put director at the end yep. or whatever. Yeah. Um, depending on what the movie is, you should change it. Yeah. Like, I watched Black Panther 2, right? Yes. And the credits are like, you know, people, this person, this person, this person, with Angela Bassett. Yep. You'd probably put her at the start. Um, And then and then it's like, music by such and such. This song performed by Rihanna. You don't need to put that in there. Like, seventh in the list. No. No. Anyway. We're going to talk in our Oscar special about best original song. I've got some feelings. So do I. The women next to us. They were so... About... They were running late. 35 minutes in. One of them left. I'm like, I should go to the toilet. That was badly planned. Two 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 of them, them. yeah. And then they came back with chock tops. Yeah. And the woman next to me went, ooh! Like, in the middle of the movie. (laughs) Very loudly. And it was not in a scene that you would applaud. Nope. Like when there was a moment when she finished a performance, I did feel like applauding. I think I think I'm so conditioned to going to concert halls and seeing orchestras that yeah. the end of a symphony makes me want to clap. Yeah. But I don't clap chock tops or whack, or whack your bow on the stand. Yeah, I don't clap. I don't clap for chock tops. Also, if you really want chock tops that badly, get them before the movie. Or did they get 20 minutes in and go, this is fucking boring. I need an ice cream. I need an ice cream and a bottle of bubbles. Bubbles. I like that there's a bar at cinemas. Yeah, I love it. But don't come out halfway through and get another drink. Anyway. What else do we need to say about the movie? I think Kate dominated. The fact that that? she is in... in Every scene. Yeah. But also, just, um, like, steals every scene. It's about well, her. Does so, she steal know. every scene or does Todd Field do a good job at making sure that she's the focus of every scene? I think her charisma attributes to it. I feel like, and I said it to you um, straight after the movie, I feel like her character was a collaborative effort between her and Todd Field. Well, he he wrote it with her in mind. Yeah. And was even like, if she says, no, I'm not making this movie, I'm not making this movie without Kate Blanchett. Who would you? Like, if it wasn't well, I, Kate, I, who would it be? I, I can't really see anybody else doing no. it. And I did it a couple of times have to be like, oh, this is Kate Blanchett. This is not Lydia Tarr. Yeah. This is not a documentary of yes. actual person. <laughs> but I think she's so in and I think that's 
one of Kate Blanchett's strengths is that she's very, in terms of different schools of acting, she's very naturalistic. Yeah. She doesn't make any of her characters over the top. But part of being a good naturalistic actor is that you have to get people to forget that you are the actor. Mm -hmm. And I think she does that. She's so in every character that yeah. she has been, you know, and she's done that from... Even in Thor. I well, mean... no, no I was, and I was going to say, she's done that everything from, you know, Lydia Tarr to Chris Hemsworth's sister in Thor that I can't remember the name of. She's very in that, and you, Hella, you mm. don't think, oh, that's Kate Blanchett. No. Whereas sometimes I go, yeah, that's Chris Hemsworth. Well, he has one character. Um, I think it's also a good movie to be like, this is a fictional person, mm. but very much in the real world. Like the fact that, you know, like the guy, I'm pretty sure the guy who did the interview at the start is the guy was an actual interviewer. Yeah. And, you know, there's references to Leonard Bernstein and... And Herbert von Karajan. Yeah. Which it took me ages. The way they were saying Karajan sounded like carry-on. I'm like yeah. thinking of those old, dirty British comedy films. Oh, God. The carry-on films. I'm like, yeah. what are you talking about that for when you're talking yeah. about Marla? Yeah. And then they were talking about carry-on, the Berlin film. Like, oh, okay, Herbert von Karajan, which yeah. is... He's one of the most famous conductors in uh, modern history. You know how we were talking about that kind of elitist, pretentious, classical talk? Yes. That was it. <laughs> we is. That's oh, a, I have it on Carry On. <laughs> that's a fact. I've got his vinyl of him conducting the Berlin playing the... Playing the planets, actually. The planets. It's very good. It's very good. If you want to borrow it and get yourself a record player. <laughs> Produced by Deutsche Grammophon, of course. <laughs> Don't, don't ever buy anything classical DGF. if it's not by DG. <laughs> PH, DGF, gramophone with a PH. Oh, they wouldn't spell it with an F? Like telephone? Oh, they might, but it's only, they say DG. DG, all right. Like Apfel. Apfel. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, like, you know, to the point that, you know, the, the conductors, the interviewer is really the interviewer. There's a snippet of her talking to Alec Baldwin on his podcast. Do you know what I mean? That's very odd. Which is quite odd. But do you know... It's also credited Alec Baldwin as himself. As himself. You even though, like, him. we just kind of recognised his voice. Yeah. We don't know it's him. And I'm like, ooh. Um, maybe it was recorded from... Pre-court. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe for some reason Lydia Tarr was doing the opposite of the Making the Murderer documentary yeah. and Alec Baldwin's <laughs> interviewing was... her from... We're not saying he murdered anyone. Manslaughterer, allegedly. Disclaimer. I do not believe that Alec Baldwin is a murderer. I don't know the facts. Continue on. Um, <laughs> do you know that... I'll run that last segment won, past legal. She's won two Oscars, has mm. Kate Blanchett. Mm. In both of those movies, she's starred with Alec Baldwin. Well, there you go. I'm not saying anything. What are they? The Aviator and Blue Jasmine. I've not watched either of them. I'm oh, well, sorry, Kate. Go. In Elizabeth, or the Queen one, yeah, Elizabeth. Elizabeth was Alec Baldwin in that. Uh, yes, he was. Um, I was going to say Winston Churchill. <laughs> That's the wrong Elizabeth. He played Shakespeare. He was Oliver Cromwell. Um, he didn't. Surely. He, no, he wasn't no. in them. That's Ben good. Affleck was. No, that was Shakespeare in Love. That was terrible. Anyway, <laughs> um, 
what else do we need to say? What else? It's it's good. I think the only thing that is necessarily kind of um off-putting to people about the movie would be that there's a lot of specific classical music talk. Yeah, I was I think it would go like over a lot of people's heads and some of those funny jokes you only kind of get if you know what they're talking about. Yeah. There was a joke about oh oboe player this. I'm like, oh oboe. <laughs> Fucking oboe players. <laughs> Although most important people in the orchestra. Well, for the before they start playing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when they start playing, nobody cares. Once the conductor comes on, who cares about See, the oboe? People listening that don't know that the oboe tunes the orchestra. Um You know that pretentious talk about Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oboes, the most important That's players it. in the orchestra. Yeah. Certainly not Wouldn't the start with Adam. Certainly not the tuba. Boom. Well, it depends. We don't Boom. just do that, thank you. Boom, boop, 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 boop. That's what you do that as well. That's the bassoon. That was the bassoon. Um, a lot of people, that's the only orchestral thing they'll know is Fantasia. Well, why do you? Anyway. Speaking of only they thing they'd know, up until this movie, I don't think I could name you another movie about a conductor other than Mr. Holland's Opus. Oh, God. <laughs> That's where the bar is set. So I'm putting Tar as the best movie about a conductor about a I've conductor. ever seen. I will, and during the break, I'll Google conductor movies. I actually haven't seen Miss Tolan's Opus either. There's probably more movies about train conductors. Train spotting? Does it have a train conductor in it? Polar Express, is that? Oh, yeah, with the captain of the Titanic. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably more movies about electrical conductors. Oh, like Jamie Foxx's character in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Oh, sure, why not? <laughs> Detective Pikachu. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Detective Pikachu. I think that um, Kate has a pretty decent chance of yep. getting another Oscar. I think so. But not sure that she will. But we'll save that for the Oscar episode. But she just puts so much into the performance and the movie. And the movie's yeah. all her. Yeah. Like, you know, Tom Hanks in Castaway. You know, she's in the whole thing. Except without the island. Yeah. How good does that concert hall look? I really yeah. want to go and see and uh, the Bill and Phil in that concert hall now. Yeah. Not to play some movie soundtrack. Oh, Ugh. not to play some German movie soundtrack. Nosferatu. I'd go and see an orchestra play Nosferatu. Yeah. Cool. I can't even remember the soundtrack to it. No, neither can I. I remember thinking it was good, though. I'd go and see an orchestra play Plan 9 from Outer Space, but it's the same theme eight times. That's about it. <laughs> it goes for an hour. And it's stolen from another movie anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, so is Godfather, so... Um, In terms of you said she steals the scenes, yes. I think Todd Field did very well to make it Lydia Tarr's story in the shooting of it, but also even when she's not, she's in every scene, but she's not in every shot. But even when she's off camera, yeah. her voice is more prominent than the person who is yeah. on camera. Mm-hmm. And even when she is talking to her assistant or whatever, it's clear that Lydia Tarr is in control of that scene. Yes. And Kate Blanchett 
is taking the control of that scene. And I think it's um, a way of being showing, you know, that she knows what she's talking about. She's a very important person, especially in her own mind. Um, yeah. And that there is an aspect of how people could become obsessed with her. Yes. I, and I think it's... You know what you know what scene was funny? Mm-hmm. When she dropped the kid off at school and then she went up to that girl and like, I will hurt you if yeah, you touch and no my one, daughter. And no one will believe you because I'm a grown up. When she was when she was also like, Hello, I'm Petra's father. Yeah. <laughs> People laughed at that, which I thought was odd. I think it's overall very good. Yes. But the people on Google don't always agree. I think it's kind of you get it or you don't kind of movie. I think this is the lowest overall rating mm. for a movie that we've thought is good on Google. Oh, really? It's a 3.3. Usually it's the opposite way around. And we think God uh, Groundhog Day is pretty shit. And it's like 4.6. 4. Yeah. <laughs> this was 3.3 overall in oh, Google. Wow. Admittedly, I... it's only been out for a few months. Yes. You do, you've done the five stars, though. I have. And you'll see as we read these, listeners... It is a get it or don't. Yeah. Except for one that I've got. But you go first. Okay. Tar is a masterpiece. Even calling Kate Blanche's performance Oscar worthy feels like an understatement. The way she carries herself in this is nothing short of an acting masterclass. The performance will be remembered in cinematic history as being one of the greatest. This will test your patience, but if you let it take over... It is one of the most riveting movies of the past decade. Such a masterpiece. It's a character study. You see Lydia from the top of her career to how things go spiralling down. Past starts to haunt her. Such a nuanced portrayal. Thanks to the amazing screenplay and direction of Todd Field. Highly recommend it. Even if you don't understand musical lingo, the film is anything but that. It's about power dynamics with contemporary themes like Metro... And cancel culture, I think that might be a typo and meant to be me too. Oh, yeah. That the person put in, because I just copied and pasted. Not the Berlin Metro. No, not like, yeah. I do agree with uh, Rick in saying that if you let it take over. And you do need and a bit is, of patience. Yeah. But I do think if you just sit there and go into the movie and into the character, you can enjoy it a lot more. Yeah, and you do know that it's building to something. Yeah. So. Um, S. Fry. Says this. Okay, good. I've always said I'd watch Kate Blanchett read a dictionary. We Kate Blanchett or Kate Blanchett? Kate, I'm on a first name basis. Okay. She grew up in Melbourne. I've always said I'd watch Kate Kate Blanchett read a dictionary and believe I would. That would be much more enjoyable than watching this turgid, grueling mess. Oh, and I love character studies and dense, complex scripts and stories. My husband and I finally agreed to give up halfway through Tar. Maybe second half was significantly better. We had no interest in and didn't like any of the characters, not even her daughter. Oh, fuck. Couldn't find a plot line. <laughs> it seemed totally cheerless, sterile, lacking any energy and dot dot pointless. BTW. Oh. We are in our 60s. <laughs> Husband is a Manhattanite. I'm a San Franciscan where we live. We both like symphony and opera, have graduate degrees, oh. and husband's undergraduate degrees in film study f- from Harvard. So oh. I think we are this film's target audience. <laughs> <laughs> Haley, you know how we're talking about that pretentious 
elitist. Yep. yep. Um, I will say S. Fry. I'm naming you fully. You, and just generally, you can't rate a movie. No, no. Unless you've seen the whole thing. Maybe second half was significantly better. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And you can't comment on the point of the movie if you haven't got to the end. Yeah, I couldn't find a plot line because I only watched half the movie. Yeah, I didn't like her daughter. You saw her in one scene. Yeah. Uh, there were actually quite a few people that wrote Google reviews saying that they didn't watch the whole movie. That's like this other movie I watched that's up for a, a number of Razzies. I was like, I don't think I can finish this. But I'm like, no, I have to because it might get better. Yeah, no, except last it. year I watched Diana the Musical and knew it wouldn't get better, so yeah. I gave up. Oh. It's a bit of a car crash, that one. Oh. oh, too soon. I saw a funny sketch from the Mitchell and Webb look the other day mm-hmm. on TikTok. That was them pretending to be like MI6 agents and Prince Philip has ordered them to assassinate Princess Diana. Oh, Jesus. That hasn't aged well. No, it actually, it, it, no, it's very funny because it's like... It's the crown season six. Right. So the plan is to get a chauffeur slightly drunk and to just hope that he crashes the car. <laughs> they're God. like, yes, that's the most foolproof way to assassinate. Like taking the piss out of course, they didn't do it yeah. because the way she died is like an accident. Yeah. Obviously, Mitchell and Webb are much funnier at doing it than I am yeah, right now in the middle of our podcast. Let's get back to the Google reviews. Number the five star Outstanding performance by Blanchett. A masterpiece and quite terrifying study of mental anguish a decline. Thoroughly enjoyed the dialogue and conversations between Tar and all protagonists. I think I enjoyed films long generally films. have one, but yeah, that's fine. True. I enjoyed long films, this almost three hours. And possibly one or two scenes could have been cut, but the ending is so clever. Cinematography and settings superb. Open documentary style interview was essential. A tour de force. Oh, I love that people love saying a tour de force. I, it's, you, if you say that or sub talk about pathos in a film <laughs> review, you're a wanker. Even on Google, especially yeah, if you do it on a Google review. Google review. Um, I don't think it felt almost three hours. I don't think it felt that long. Whereas Babylon felt every minute of three hours, felt 19. Very long. You know what? I watched All Quiet on the Western Front. Oh, good. Long. Yes, very good, but that felt long. Whereas it's about it's it's not as long as Black Panther two, but that didn't feel as long. Yeah, I was going to say because there's more action because they had to read one's the movie. A, one's a war German. movie. Um, is it me? Is that is that my one? Yeah. Stephanie says a one star. Halfway through the first long interview scene, I thought it would make a good stage play, but we were confronted later by Tar and another. Sitting in the concert hall, several seats apart, facing the stage. Where was the camera? Behind them. Um, hello? No, not a stage play. <laughs> and nowhere near enough music. But I guess that was not the point. What? <laughs> but I guess that was not the point. Not her struggles to discover the composer's music, but other not as interesting themes shoved forwards. Sorry, but I felt like a complete waste of time. She doesn't get it. She thinks the movie is about Tar conducting the Marla Five. Well, first she thinks uh, the um no, not a stage. Well, no, it's not yeah. a stage play. First, it's a movie. she thought the movie was a stage play. That's oh. her first error. Then she thought that the movie was about the Marla Five. 
Yeah. Like, no, it's about Lydia Tarr. No. And that's why they've shoved forward <laughs> themes about her character. <laughs> One star from Stephanie. Oh. Okay, fiver. Okay. Loved it. Oh, sorry. Read over the five... Wait, read or read? Read. Read over the five One. star reviews, <laughs> and a lot of them were walkouts. Too bad. Because as the story plays on, you come to understand that you're not supposed to like listening to Tar talk about her craft. In the beginning, as an audience member, you feel excluded from an elite world and dialogue that may be over your head. Then, as the protagonist is brought down to the real world, your comfort level rises. Wrongs are made right, and your own confidence in, quote, what's good is reaffirmed. It's a trip. (laughs) That's very valid points. Yeah. I think I don't know if my comfort level rose throughout the movie, but I understand what this person is saying. I think, yeah, the fact that you feel less like you feel she's been brought down more to your level. I think because you think, oh, this is about this person. I meant to like them. Yeah. But you're not. But you're necessarily. not. No. All right. I've got one. One star from Don. Don. I love Kate Blanchett and I love classical music, but I've never been so confused by a movie with no sensible scenes. Worst movie I've seen in years. I don't understand German and the subtitles on the screen were small and had a yellow colour that most of us couldn't see. Except for Kate's performance, not qualified for the Oscars. Whomever wrote the script or directed this loser flick must have drug problems. (laughs) Clearly this is an artistic film for the Hollywood pseudo-intellectuals who would never criticise the movie. Reminds me of seeing Sweeney Todd as an awful music when everyone thought it was a masterpiece. Oh, okay. (laughs) So that's what Don thinks. Don. I don't understand. I did like that the German when she spoke to the orchestra didn't have subtitles. Yeah, because sometimes it was like, the fortress are more strong. You know what I mean? She almost like translated herself. But also... Like, I think like the other one, uh, five-star review said, you're meant to be a little distanced from her in that elitist world. But it's also that music is a universal language, so you don't need to know what she's saying. But also, German, I think, is one of those languages that you can pick words out of. Like when I Googled the Martin, the, the thing, I know Apple is artful. And grenadine syrup. And I only did German in year seven. Yeah. So that's what the other people and what us thought about Tar. We're going to have our little break now, and then we're going to run through our scores for our Archie Q De Niro. Great. Break. Two drinks in a bar. The Archie Q De Niro score. Uh, If you want to have a look at the score yourself, then you can get in touch with us on the socials. We'll give you the categories. Yeah. Uh, and there'll be a link in the episode description if you want to rate it yourself. How alcoholic was the movie? We already gave 3.5 for the cocktail. For the cocktail. Yeah. How alcoholic was the movie? There was wine at some of the meals, but not much. That was it. Though. No one got drunk. It was just like, you know, at one? home drinking a wine. Yeah, one. One? Okay, yeah. one. Representation. Lots of white people. Very white. Which you would think in a the elitist world of the Berlin Philharmonic Orchestra, you would kind of yeah, expect it nah. to be white. 
But that doesn't mean that the movie should be. No. But is that trying to be the point of it being all white and elitist? All of the people in audiences are white. The people interviewing her are white. The only person of colour really is that student from Julia. Well, and he ticks all the boxes. Yeah. What does he say? Pan, gender, gender, asexual, whatever. BIPOC. Yeah. So, well, I think it's one. I think it's a one. No, I think it's a point five. Point one. But it does. um, She is a lesbian. Yeah, there's a few lesbians in it. Oh, let's go one. One. Uh, I I didn't didn't cry. I didn't cry either. Zero. Not even when she tripped and fell and hit her head. It was a big like, ooh. Yeah, the whole cinema went, ooh. Because of the noise. Which doesn't happen often. Because of the noise and then it cut straight to her bashing something with the... um, Oh, bashing the ice or something. rolling pin or whatever. Yeah. So it was like... Yeah. Well done, Todd. Get a reaction. Okay. How do we talk about horniness? In a hashtag me too. She is horny. For any young woman that comes into her circle. She's horny straight away when she sees that cellist in the toilet. Yeah, she was that cruising a little bad. bit in the toilets. Yeah, which checking is... out the shoes. Yeah. And it was funny. It was like, oh, she when she plays an adagio, her face looks like she's going to climb out. <laughs> I will say that that's true of a lot of cellists. It's true of they a lot make, of string they players. They make weird faces. They make faces. Yeah. I'm going to... Well, I want to I almost want to say like a, a two. The horniness is a big part of the movie. Yeah. But it's non-consensual it's not horniness. horniness, though. Well, she's horny for every yeah, woman, but it's, horny. as we've discussed before, non-consensual horniness mm. a lot of the time. I'm still thinking around a two. I think a two, yeah. All right. Insults. All right. So we each give it a separate score for insults. Look, basically anything she says about that Sebastian bloke. Yeah, and she's quite insulting to that Juilliard student. Yes, She's quite insulting to anybody that she thinks is below her, which is almost everyone. Yeah, uh, but I don't, I don't think she necessarily intends to be insulting to the Juilliard student. It's just a bit of a reality check quote yes. for a quote woke person. Yeah, which seems to be an in thing at the moment. Um, I don't. But then she, there's a whole lot of undertone of insultingness. Like she's, yeah. and even about Sebastian, she says, "Oh, he just has his own way of doing things." Yeah, which is a little jab. Yeah, I'm only going to give it a one point seven five though. Okay, because I'm her insults are not the point of the movie. Okay. Enclosure rounds out Archie. It's uh, she has two enclosures. Three, if you can, a hotel room in True. New York, which is compared hotel to hotel room. rooms is big. It's got a grand piano in it. Um, so she has her Stop own. Stop doing little, that with your mic. She has her own little um, apartment. Yes, um, even that's a decent size. Yeah, and then the apartment she lives in with the wife and kid, which yeah. is humongous, which is basically a house. But it's not like a house house. I think it's a two. I think it's a two as well. Good. Yeah. We're on the same note. Yeah. Mm, the same mm, note. Close, you got there. 
Quotability is the cue of the Archie Q De Niro. It's hard to know what's going to be quotable because the movie's two months old. I don't think it'll be overly quotable because there's too many words. It's hard to just take. To say. It's hard to just take a bit out. You can't and go. I'm going to yeah. put that on a t-shirt. Yeah. Zero. <laughs> Uh, zero. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't... Yeah, zero. You can put on the T-shirt, what is the composer's intention? Ooh, time is a something, something. Whatever the point they were making about that. <laughs> do what Lenny would have done. Yeah. What would Lenny do? Um, Drink. Drink. For the D of De Niro. Yeah, I didn't notice Coke or Pepsi. That's the drink we're referring to in the yeah, D of De Niro. Yeah, is it a Coke movie or is it a Pepsi movie? I think it's too good for either. I feel like it's an organic cola movie. Zero. Yeah, that's true, I reckon. It's a water movie. It's a German wine movie. Apfel Schnapps movie. Endurance. It's a well, very well-made movie. I think it's going to be very of the time yes. in terms of the Me Too-ness. Yep. But if you, I think if you take the Me Too bit out of it, I think it's going to be a pretty enduring character study movie. Yes. And I think it will... The fact that it's been up for heaps of major awards will help it. Yes. Um, I think, especially if, you know, people look back on it and are like... In 10 years, they're like, this is Kate Blanchett's best performance. Well, people, yeah, people are already saying that, and she hasn't even won the Oscar. Yeah. Well, she win, though. I guess we'll wait and see. Um, mm. Endurance, I think it'll stand up a bit, but there are parts of it that won't. A, a two. I'm thinking a two. No, I think I'm going to give it a three. Okay. Because I've heard quite a few musicians say that it's a very well-made musician movie. As well, which helps. Well, I think it helps because the orchestra is an actual orchestra. So it has that sense of realism about it. No one in the one stars on Google that's a musician thinks it's good. I want to know if they're a classical musician though. My husband is a musician I read a couple of times. I'm like, Mm. is he like a cellist in an orchestra or is he a guitarist in a pub band? Because I know guitarists in pub bands. Yeah. And I also, like, I know someone that's a guitarist in a pub band that's also in an orchestra, and they would enjoy this. But just a guitarist in a pub band, I still feel like... But I feel like... Just you, a guitarist yeah. in a pub band. But if you go in being like, I'm a musician, I'll get this. And then the whole one of Todd Field's big points is we're going to distance the audience from the elite symphony. Yeah, yeah. I think even a guitarist feels that distance which might enhance it because you're going in as a musician thinking i should be able to get this yeah okay yeah that sounded a bit elite it very much did um quite endurance did i give it a score you gave it a three and i gave it yeah a two. i think so nostalgia it's well, two months old i watched it this week so yeah. <laughs> i have nostalgia for tuesday i have nostalgia for playing music <laughs> I do have nostalgia for the symphony orchestra. I have nostalgia for Marla. I've never played Marla in my life. I joined a symphony orchestra for like two gigs because they needed a tuba. Yeah. Because they were doing a couple of movie things and a Tchaikovsky. Okay. But then I was all set to be like, be a member of this orchestra. Mm. And then the conductor go, oh, our next gig is Mozart. We don't need you on the tuba. Because like the tuba wasn't invented when Mozart was doing most of his composing. I'm like, 
Oh, okay. Um, see you later. Rude. Yeah. Not rude, but because you can't just choose based on, oh, this guy's playing tuba, I'm going to play nothing but Mahler, Elgar and Tchaikovsky for the next three years. That's why sometimes when you're in a symphony orchestra, which I have been in the past, and <laughs> um, you're at like, you know, when we were at music camps, yeah, and you have one conductor one year, and he's like, oh, that clarinet and that oboe player are pretty good. Next year, I hope they come back because I'm doing these pieces. Oh, yeah. So they can play it yeah. pretty good. Makes you feel good. It does make you feel good. She was much better than me, the clarinet player. <laughs> I remember that music camp. One year, the whole brass section played in the top symphonic band and the top symphonic orchestra because there was only like one of the three pieces the orchestra was playing that needed brass. Yeah. So we were just like, oh, we just have to miss this band rehearsal to go to orchestra for this one. That's good. When you're I was in both. Good enough to I play in, in both. The, I went the, the top orchestra and the middle band the first year oh yeah i remember percussion. that i was in the middle band that year yeah because there was an incumbent well i had to wait for the doctor to leave <laughs> <laughs> no i didn't oh, i had to wait to get whatever. better whatever Anywho, let's anyway. go let's we're out of we're gonna this is gonna be 25 I, I'm gonna minutes give it a 0.5 for nostalgia i'm gonna give it also a 0.5 for nostalgia for the same reason of playing of elite classical music Impact. Kate is already established. Kate's already Kate. Todd Field has had a bit of a break. And there is a couple of people that were kind of like, I'm not sure if Todd Field was ever going to make a major. I don't know, but this is things I've heard. Yeah. I I wasn't sure Todd Field would make another major motion picture. Yeah. But he has. So is that an impact? I... It's a bit hard to say. I'm not sure it's going to be followed by a whole lot of conductor no. storylines. I don't think they're going to remake Mr. Holland's Opus. Yeah. I don't think next year, in the tradition of everything being a biopic now, we're going to have a Leonard Bernstein biopic. There is one. Oh, geez. <laughs> Did you not know that? I wish I'd known that because then as I was saying that attempted joke... I was thinking, do I say Carrion or do I say Bernstein? And I said Bernstein and I fucked up because there is one. There is a Bernstein one coming. I don't think we'll see in the tradition of biopics every year a Carrion one. <laughs> there is one. Oh, no, it's there Marion isn't. Marion Cotillard. I don't know. <laughs> Just made that up. I don't think Carrion was French. Oh, well. Maybe it it's not American. Or German. Tom Hanks isn't Italian. Certainly not. <laughs> Pinocchio reference. Uh, impact, you know what? I listened to Marla the day after. Yeah. There's some impact for you. After mum and dad saw it, dad was like, oh, I need to go and see the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra play Marla now. Yeah. <laughs> they're not doing Marla 5, they're doing Marla 1. Oh, 1? Yeah. God, it was just getting started. Um, Do you know what, though? It's Marla 1 in their For the Kids series. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to take the nieces to the symphony orchestra? No, <laughs> no thank you. They're great kids, but I'm not sure they're a Hamer Hall crowd. Span new. Um, I'd take them to see like Fantasia on film. You know. That was last year, but the tickets were so expensive. I was going to buy it for the girls for Christmas, but the tickets were so expensive. Impact, I'm going to give it a one and a half. I'm going to give it a one. Because we're not getting the Bernstein movie because of this movie. 
no, we're going to Bernstein movie because everybody loves a biopic. Yeah. Rewatchability. I think there's a lot going on that if I watched it again, I'd still get a lot out of it. Yeah, because I feel like there's a lot of things they say that I missed. Yeah. And it is that kind of suspenseful thing as well. So, Of like, oh, this is a hint of that and this is a hint of that. You'd pick up things each time you watch it. Maybe I'll go and see it tomorrow for date night. Oh, how romantic. Well, my husband is a musician. And so when I write my Google review... My husband and I are musicians. When I was in the my husband orchestra. and I, my husband has a degree in classical music. And it's only an undergrad. Oh God! How do you dare associate <laughs> with him? Um, I'll go wearing this T-shirt. Music by John Williams. <laughs> yeah, great. Music by John John Williamson. Music by Hilga Konkurskirgir. Now I'll just put a little. Son on the end to yeah. make it Icelandic and change the W to a V. John, John Williamson, little something over the John Williamson is the is Icelandic doppelganger. Oh, rewatchability. Uh, I'm going to give it a two, three, Ooh. three and a two. Well, I'm considering going to see it tomorrow night. Yeah, so okay. that's a high rewatchability score. Yeah, okay. and I think I'd get a deeper understanding of the point that Todd Field's trying to make. Yeah. If I saw it again. Okay. Yeah. Overall, um, I'm going to give it a four overall. Same. Yeah. Is there Which anything in our notes? Which people based on the scores we've given it for all the other yeah. categories. But as we've said before, a good movie doesn't necessarily score well on Archie De Niro. A la Flubber. Um, look, Kate's amazing. If she wins an Oscar, I wouldn't be surprised. Or disappointed. Or disappointed. Would you count it as a Michelle Yeoh snub if Kate won? Everybody else will. Um, it's a two horse race, best actress. So flip a coin, really. Because they're also two very different roles and different movies. We're going to be watching the Oscars together and I want to see your reaction when Anna de Armas wins. (laughs) I will, I will... (laughs) Slap someone. <laughs> God. All right. Give us a total score oh. for the Archie Q. De Niro score for the movie of Tar. So overall, <laughs> it got a score of 34.75. Oh, wow. That's yeah. low. But still better than Groundhog Day. Oh, but not as good as I Know What You Did Last Summer. No. I think the horniness in I Know What You Did Last Summer was quite high. Yeah. And the impact because scary movie. Scary movie. I I Know What You Did Last Summer franchise, which they're talking about making another movie of. Tar 2, I don't think will have will no, happen. It's no. not going to spur a spur a sequel, spawn a sequel. I They're making apparently another I Know What You Did Last Summer movie. Yeah, but they, aren't they doing a sequel? I don't know. They're gonna, yeah, they're gonna like they did with Scream, kind of reset yeah. and go back to uh, Scream Six. That franchise is really reborn. Unnecessary. Just write a new fucking movie. But then I've said it. This is the problem. If you write a movie that's too similar, 
people are like, oh, you're just ripping off I Know What You Did Last Summer. But if it's Kelvin Williamson that writes it, you go, well, that's the kind of movie that he writes. Yeah, right. Eh? Whatever. Yeah, so that's our thoughts on Tar. 34.75, yeah. good movie, shit score. This is just shoved in as a new movie. Yep. So we're not doing a trivia. Okay. Because we did the trivia for what's being released next last week. Right. Okay. Okay. Prolific conductor. She's gay. <laughs> Is that the trivia or that's Thanks. For this one? <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of Two Drink Cinema. Thank you, Brett. Danke, Shan. Thanks for listening to this episode of Two Drink Cinema. Make sure you've subscribed so you don't miss any future episodes. Please share this episode with a friend and leave a rating and review. It goes a long way to help us reach a bigger audience. This show is produced by Two Brothers Entertainment on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and we pay our respects and acknowledge their elders past, present and emerging. Follow us on all your social platforms and join our Facebook group to connect with us. Thanks for listening, happy watching, and please drink responsibly.